When I was in, in Pedal, um, I, I served on a committee there in the school system called the Parents Planning Commission. It, it was it, it, every school had their own little grouping of people that kind of helped, you know, kind of communicate with the community about what was going on in the schools, but also hear complaints. And it was a, a real good place for ideas to be formed. And it was a, a real fun committee to be a part of while I, while I was down there. And one of the one of the issues we faced in the school system was uh, attendance. Um, you know, this, this, this pedal was a school that really needed good, solid attendance from the schools. And, you know, we had kids not being present sometimes or our kids being checked out or all these type things. So we were brainstorming. How can we encourage attendance by the students? How can we, what can we do to lift the percentage of days attended? You know, what can we do to make it higher? We had all kinds of ideas and somebody had an idea that I thought was just ridiculous. I said, if you're present every day of nine weeks, we're going to give you a little plastic medal. And I thought, that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But we all said, let's give it a try. And you know what happened? Attendance skyrocketed. Like the, the, the days in present just went through the roof. We're like, and because kids wanted this medal. I mean, I had my own children that would be sick sometimes. They had a fever, and they wanted to go to school. I'm like, guys, you're sick. I can go to the Walmart. I go to Walmart and buy you a medal, okay? You need to stay home and rest. But it was funny how, how when they had that reward, they wanted to be present. They wanted to be there. But the, see, the thing with being present, and teachers will tell you this, but everybody will tell you this. The thing with presence isn't just being physically there. It's being there body and soul. Because you can be present somewhere, but really not be there. One of my parsonages when we were living in a church had a, had a home office. The church, it was a smaller church. church didn't have an office in the, the church, so the office was there in the home. So I work from home, and a lot of people think, well, that sounds great. Uh, there's two problems with working from home. One, if you don't, you know, some, some folks don't really want to go to work, so they'll just not get anything done. And then there's other folks that are workaholics like me that I was always at work. I was always in the office. I was always doing something. It'd be night, and I'd go check an email, and I'd come back three hours later. And one day, me and Holly were on the couch talking, and she said, Andy, I never see you. I said, what do you mean you never see me? I'm here all the time. I never leave. What do you mean you never see me? She said, oh, you're here, but you're not here. I was physically present, but my mind was somewhere else. And I learned a lesson that day about being present. Being present isn't just about being physically somewhere, but it's about being their body, mind, and spirit. In our series, The Journey, we're talking about what it means to be a life changer. Here, here at St. Matthew's, our mission statement is we're a family of faith reaching out to you with the life-changing love and grace of Jesus Christ. And we've distilled that down to the concept of being life changers. That's why we've got a life changers magazine. That's why life changers is something that we do all the time. But the question that remains, okay, that's great. But what does it mean? What does it actually practically mean to be a life changer? What does that look like? So we are, in the next few weeks, we're talking about going on a journey together, a journey of being a life changer. And the way you're a life changer is that you're faithful 
with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. Those are the vows we take when we join the church, but that's bigger than vows of a church. That's a promise we make with God and with each other to be faithful in these areas. So today we're talking about presence. And y'all, let me say this on the front end. This is not a come to church sermon. I'm not a big fan of coming to church sermons. You know why? Guess who you preached them to? Folks that are in church. So I'm not fussing at folks for not being in church today because you're kind of here. I'd kind of be yelling at you for something you didn't even do. So just, you know, so I'm not, a, the only way come to church sermons work is if I call the folks that weren't here this morning and yell at them on the phone. I mean, I guess that would work, but that would be, they just hang up, they just hang up on me. I might try that with you today, call you and yell at you and see what happens. What would you do at that point? You'd hang up on me, wouldn't you? Wouldn't pay for phone call. <laughs> So we're not talking about that. We're going to delve into being present in church, but that's not the point of this sermon. In fact, fact, that's why we use the passage from Galatians today. I love this passage because Paul, in the King James, well, Paul here says, he says, um, verse 2 says, bear each other's burdens. But then verse 6 says, for each must carry their own, I'm sorry, verse 5 says, for each must carry their own burdens. Some some, some versions of the Bible translate that, for each must bear each other's burdens. So Paul, within a three-verse period there, says, bear your own burdens. But then a few verses later, he says, bear each other's burdens. You're like, which is it? Do I bear mine or do I bear yours? Well, look how Paul says this. He says, each must take care of themselves. Each must bear their own burdens. As I bear my own burdens, I can help you with yours. As I'm able to take care of the needs of me and my family, I can more effectively help you with your needs and your family. So it starts with us taking care of ourselves. Because there's going to come a time in all of our lives when we can't take care of ourselves. While we're able... We take care of ourselves. We take care of our needs. Because there's going to come a time when we can't take care of ourselves. There's going to come a time when we need the community. There's going to come a time when we need somebody. There's going to come a time when the burdens are too heavy for us to carry alone. And we're going to need somebody to walk beside us and carry those burdens along with us. There's going to come a time when we're not strong enough. When we're not smart enough, when we're not good enough to take care of it ourselves, we're going to need somebody to help. But it's just like the, when you're flying there, the mask falls down to put your own mask on before you help others. Because if you're trying to help others and you run out of oxygen, you're no good to anybody. You bear your own burdens that you can be a blessing to somebody else. We don't bear our own burdens so that we can be prideful. We don't bear our own burdens so we can walk around feeling like we've done something special. We bear our own burdens so that we can be a blessing to somebody else. Because there's going to come a time, y'all, there's going to come a time in all of our lives, if you've not experienced it yet, when your burden's too heavy to carry, when the road you're walking on is too bumpy, for the route you're taking is too long, and you're going to need somebody to walk along beside you and say, brother, let me, be your, let me be your servant. Sister, let me carry that burden. We need each other. Today we're talking about presence. We're talking about this notion of being present within 
a community. Because, see, that's the thing about presence. It isn't about just us. It's about the community. So, yes, we need to be fully present in the relationships. That, that's, that's the thing I took away as I read this. We need to be present in the relationships we're in. We need to be fully invested in our families. It's so easy for us, particularly those of us that work all day, those of us with children, to come home, to sit in front of the TV, cut the TV on, give our kids the iPad and say, go off and do your own thing. That's fine. Everybody needs a little bit of screen time, I reckon. But they've done studies that show, they ask children under, under five, when your parents take out their phone, what emotion do you feel? You know, the surprising result was loneliness. They felt lonely. They felt like their parents were focused on the screen and not themselves. So sometimes in life we can be present, we can be physically there, but our minds be somewhere else off. So that's why I said this is not a come to church sermon. Are we present with God? Are we fully present in the awareness of God's presence? Because here's the thing, God's always present with us. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but my toughest battle sometimes in my faith is not doing the right thing. Because I was raised, you do your duty, you do the right thing as best you can. It's not, you know, so I'm all about duty and doing the right thing. Sometimes for me, though, the toughest part of my faith is being fully present with God. My mind is always somewhere else. My mind is on the task that is to come next. My mind is on the worry that's in the back of my heart. My mind is on, is on the, the, the concerns I have with, for other people. So it's so difficult sometimes for me to be fully present before God. And if I'm not able to be fully present before God, I cannot be the effective pastor or husband or father or friend that God needs me to be. The first step for me being the person that God needs me to be, the first step for being the friend that God needs me to be, the first step for me being the Christian that God needs to be is for me to be able to be fully present before God. And in this busy, busy, overstimulated Overhurried, overstressed, overworried life we live in. God demands our presence. And sometimes that means we put the phone down, turn off the news, put down the book, and go and be present before God. And I don't do that often enough. None of us do. But God needs our presence. We promise to be faithful with our presence. So yes, that has the dimension of being present before God. That has the demands of being present before those that we love. Not just in body, but in spirit. And it has the demands of being present within this community. Um, We're called to be present in this community. It's funny, we, we took the staff off for a little day apart this past week and did some, some personality testing. It's kind of, did y'all know that I'm an extrovert? <laughs> Who saw that coming? Um, <laughs> seriously, I mean, you know. 
But we talked about, we, we t- did some personality stuff and learned how to work together better as a team. But then we kind of wrapped up the day with some dreams and some goals. One of our staff members said their dream for this year in our church was that church is not an option for us. I tell people, you know, um, there's two people in life that are never happy about the weather. Farmers and preachers. You ever met a preacher, that, I mean a farmer that was happy about the weather? I haven't. It's always too much rain or not enough rain. I've never met a farmer that says, hey, this is perfect. They're just never happy about the weather. I'm, I know a bunch of them. Preachers are the same way. Wake up on a pretty, pretty Sunday, we say, ooh, it's pretty, nobody's going to come to church today. Wake up on a rainy day, we're like, ooh, it's rainy, nobody's going to come to church today. I tell folks for a preacher, the perfect day is about 74 and cloudy. <laughs> That's a perfect day, 74 and overcast, not raining, you know, not sunny, just, you know, kind of dreary. Because they're like, folks are like, oh, I guess I better go to church, nothing else to do, you know. <laughs> so, but one of our dreams is for church not to be an option. And it's got nothing to do with the preachers. It's got nothing to do with the programming. It's got everything to do with the people. The church is not a steeple. The church is a people. This community matters because there's going to come a time when we can't bear our own burdens. There's going to come a time when we can't, when we can't carry it. There's going to come a time when we're alone or we're afraid or we're forgotten. And we need somebody to remember us, somebody to carry us, somebody to love us, somebody to show us, somebody to be there with us. And that is the church. That is the church. The church is the body of Christ. And so we know our place in light of God's grace here in the church. It is the church that we find that acceptance. It is the church that we find that warmth. It is the church that we should, maybe we should, I say we should find that because the church is not perfect. And every one of us has been harmed in some way, haven't we? I, I preached a sermon series when I was in Ripley. It was entitled, uh, entitled um, I Have a Friend. Because you know how, how our kids say, well, I have a friend that does whatever, and it, that usually it's them. And one of the, you know, I have a friend that struggles with this. I have a friend that struggles with that. One of the the sermons was, I have a friend that's been hurt by the church. And what do you say to that? The first thing I said as the pastor of that church was, I'm sorry. If the church has ever harmed you, I really am sorry. As an ordained elder, United Methodist Church. And St. Matthew's ever harmed you? I really am sorry about that. I really am. If another church has harmed you, I really, am, I really am sorry. And I might not have any control over it. Hopefully I wasn't the cause of it. But on behalf of the church, I do apologize. And I repent of any harm ever brought to you by the church. The church should be a place where we find that love and acceptance. And I want to do all that I can here at St. Matthew's to make sure we are that place where you can bear your burdens, but people bear them with you. This matters. This matters. Church is important. One of the things, you know, and there's uh, one of the things I love to tell my friends that go to 
ball games at, at, at up at up at Ole Miss or over at State. It's always remind them that there's some churches up there and Giles over at Starkville first and Eddie up at Oxford University are two of my best friends in the world. And always, I'll, it always del- delights me on, on state home games or Ole Miss home games when I get a text from somebody that went to OU or Starkville first and they'll send me a picture with uh, the preacher saying, and they usually say what a great sermon it was and they wish they heard more of those like that. But, you know, but, but folks are just mean sometimes to him. Were you smiling? We need this. It's not a legalistic thing. And I'm not the, I tell people when I check on them, I'm not the attendance police. But we need this. This matters. This community matters. This family matters. And so when we talk about being present, we're talking about being present fully before God. Fully before God. In light of God's glory. Present there. Present with our families and our friends. Present with our children and our grandchildren. Present with those that we love. Present there. Present before God. Present before those we love. But then also present in this community. Present here in church. Not only in my church. I don't just mean St. Matthew's. But I mean the body of Christ. Present in this community that God has placed us as part of. Present in our worship. But honestly y'all. To me, even more important to me than worship is present with another group of believers. If you are not, I'll put it like this. If you come to St. Matthew's and your only real connection to our church is worship, you'll leave at some point. Because I'm going to offend you in a sermon at some point, because I'm kind of unvarnished. At some point, I may say something in the sermon that's going to offend you. I hope I don't plan on it, and if I do, I'll go ahead and apologize. I don't mean to. We'll get a, we'll sing a song you don't like. It'll be too hot or too cold. Somebody may be rude to you. We will fail you. I promise you. We're not going to try to. We're not planning on it. But at some point we're going to do something that's going to bother you. It's going to happen because we're human. But if you're plugged in, if you're part of a small group, if you're part of a Sunday school, if you're part of a service team, if you're part of the choir, if you're part of some group of believers here in our church that is smaller than just this worship experience, you will find your place. You will find your place when you find that group. Maybe it's a Sunday school class. Maybe it's a Wednesday night live class. Maybe it's a men's breakfast. Maybe it's the UMW. Maybe it's one of the thousands of ways that our church serves. But when you walk together with somebody in a, in a smaller setting than, than just this right here, you will find the thing that sticks. Y'all, life change happens in small groups. Life change happens in Sunday school. Life change happens in service. Life change happens when we come together in a small setting because then we're honest. Then we're honest with each other. Then we really do bear each other's burdens. Then we really do admit our struggles. Then we really do encourage each other. Then we really do walk together. Think about it. Jesus had 12 disciples. He could have had a thousand. And if you follow the ministry of Jesus, Jesus actually had groupings. He had the crowd that followed him. 
Then he had the 70 that he sent off to do ministry. Then he had the 12. And then he actually had Peter, James, and John. Jesus lived out his ministry along that principle. And you need it. You need it. It's for our very souls. So this year, my prayer for you in our church. Last week we talked about prayers. I'm praying that you are praying to God, that you really are seeking God through prayer. I'm praying that you are seeking God's will through Scripture. Praying that you're present. Present before God. Present before your friends and loved ones. Present in our community. Present in a small group. Because that's where we find our life. My life is defined by these relationships. I like being me, sure. But I like being the husband of Holly. I really like that a lot. I like being the father of Sarah and Thomas. I really gives my life meaning. I like being the pastor of St. Matthew's. I like being your friend. I like being your pastor. Being present, these relationships, they define us. And for us to really, truly be the individuals God is calling us to be, we've got to be present. So yeah, this is not a come to church sermon. It's bigger than that. It's a being present sermon. Being present before God, before friends, within the community. Will you journey with me? This year, will you be present with me? And as we're present together, look at the amazing supernatural things that God's going to do. Let's pray.